Cool. What is up, everybody? Um, welcome to the Of Like Minds podcast, episode four. I have a very special guest here today, Shirley Reppert. She is a woman in the engineering field, specifically civil engineering. So she's super awesome. She's killing the game. So just want to say thank you, Shirley, uh, for your time today and coming onto the podcast with us. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, so Shirley, um, there's a lot that you have you have to offer and you, you're, you're a wonderful person and one of my closest friends. So I just want to ask first, um, you made the huge transition moving from the East coast, making your way to Cali. I think just, I did maybe talking about talking about that transition, what ultimately was the deciding factor for that. And just, yeah, that transition was like, yeah. So I'm sure like taking the type of leap like leap of faith to make this type of move is just a big deal. Um, For me specifically, um, being an only child made it hard to move to begin with. Um, I've always had the want to move to California. You know, when I was younger, maybe like three, you know, my, I was in a military family. And so we, we moved and we used to live in California actually. Um, not in sunny San Diego, we were in more in the Bay Area. Um, And so um, I just always dreamed of coming back just from obviously the weather and (laughs) food, you know, the the obvious things and dance, of course. And um, I was, I think it was in 2013 was when I hit this point. It was, I remember this as if it was yesterday, it was summertime. I just got home after work. And I was about to go hang out with my friends. You know, we did this like almost every day. I would see them after work every day. We'd hang out and be the same thing. I'd wake up, go to work, go home, hang out with my friends, eat dinner, go to bed. And it just became comfortable for me. And something in my mind just said, you know, like, I think it's time to try something new. So in 2013, I started applying to jobs in California. Um, for civil engineering. Um, And just to let you know, civil engineering is actually really broad. I'm specifically in water. You have like transportation, land development, geotech, like it's, there's so much going on in civil engineering. (laughs) Um, So I actually applied to jobs in those types of different fields of civil engineering. And, you know, I wasn't getting any bites. And the next year in 2014, the company I was working at, they had reached out to me and they were like, hey, we have this opening. Do you want it? And for me, when I was responding, I was just like, oh, yes, um, you know, that that would be great. Like, I really hope I get this opportunity. And the way they approach it to me sounded like, you know, like this is going to happen. And I'm over here like thinking, is it going to happen? Um, not knowing it was happening. And so, you know, when, when it was all done, like the offer letter was signed and it was like, like it hit, like this was happening. Like I started packing up and just taking the time to mentally prepare myself just for this move, because it's a big step. Like, you know, being an only child and having to move 3000 miles to a place where, you know, you don't have family and you don't really have friends. You know, like that's, it's scary to make that type of move. And when I did it um, that day, it was in October, I think it was October 4, 2014. And I was crying my eyes out (sighs) at the airport. Like my parents took me to the airport and we were just like bawling right in front of security. Um, And it was, it was really hard. And thinking about actually right now just reminds me of how hard that was because I do miss my parents a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I have no regrets about moving. I've been here for, you know, five, six years now. Mm-hmm. And as scary as it was, like, I wouldn't change anything about it. You know, if I, I have friends that even mention that the idea of just, you know, moving and it's one of those things where it's like, it is scary, but if you don't try it, you'll never know. Mm. And it, it's tough to, you know, live with those like 
what ifs. Obviously, you need to, you know, weigh out your options and stuff. Um, but, you know, taking that, that chance is something I did. I just, I just did it. Just, you know, why not? My plan actually was to be in California for about three to five years and then move back to Virginia. And um, I'm still here. Still here, and you're probably gonna, you're probably gonna keep being here. And you're right. You're right. That's well, that's Every, amazing. It is. It's good. No, uh, everyone that I've met, um, that you know, was like born and raised here, just have lived here for most of their life. They, they don't plan on moving. And you know, I, I, I understand. Like, it's great. It's different. It's, it's, it's San Diego. I don't know. It's great. Yeah. I mean, you've lived here, like, yeah. all your life, so you love it. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, so that that's a huge transition, making that move, and obviously your family, huge impact on you. You guys are obviously extremely emotional at, at, at the airport. And I just want to quickly talk about um, pros and cons. Yeah. Um, East Coast versus West Coast, just in terms mm. of living, in terms of uh, working, all those kinds of things. Yeah, so California – it's expensive. Like I knew that to begin with, that was something that my dad told me. And he, he even still brings it up. Like, you know, as much, as long as I've been out here, he's, he actually even recently just said, you know, have you considered moving to somewhere cheaper? Mm. Like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, you have a house and the taxes are expensive. <laughs> what do you want somewhere where you can get more bang for your buck? And like, I totally understand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's, that's just one thing is, you know, it is expensive out here in California. I get that. Um, it's, it varies more in Virginia because it's, it's different. You know, you have the area that I was in, which is more Southern Virginia, mm-hmm. not like, you know, country, which, you know, people technically think, you know, Virginia Beach just because it's in the south I should have like this accent and that that was one of the questions that was brought to me was you know how come you don't have an accent um I I don't have one I don't know um but Virginia Virginia is a beautiful place like you get all the seasons seasons and if there's anything that I missed like besides you know the obvious my friends and my family Mm -hmm. um I miss the fall you know, like mm. to to wake up in the morning to have like, like just crisp weather and see like brown and orange leaves just like on the trees and just falling. Like I, I can't get that here. Um, yeah. That is something I miss. Um, even like back to like the financial side, like you know, depending on where you live, if you're like closer to DC, like I'd say it's probably equivalent actually to being out in California, mm. and. Not that, you know, I don't live in D.C. I haven't lived there. I, you know, it was one of the places that I considered was like D.C., Northern Virginia area. Just it's a great area. Um, And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe after San Diego, who knows? Um, But, you know, friends have told me that prices are getting more expensive out there and cost of living. And, you know, it's comparable to here. Um, But sometimes when I when I think about Virginia Beach and San Diego like if I'm just comparing those two aside from like price like costs of living and seasons it it does have its similarities like you know I live by the water pretty much (laughs) just like I do here and it's great and you know I'm like what 30 30 40 minutes to the beach same thing in Virginia Beach you know it's they're they're both like like homey areas you yeah. know you you do have more of like the city areas um the downtown areas so you know i think the main difference is you know being three thousand miles and being on opposite sides of the coast of course um, tr- yeah so for me like to me both places just feel like home now you know virginia virginia will always be my home it's great um but being here it took it took, I want to say maybe two years for San Diego to feel like home. It, it just felt foreign yeah. from when I first landed. And then at some point it's, I got more familiar with the area and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I know how to get to Mission Valley. 
<laughs> without without maps. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 that's how you know you've made it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's it's great. Yeah, I I miss home. I wish I could go back, but you know, with the circumstances that's yeah. going on right now, I think you know, it's point when COVID gets lifted, hopefully at some yeah. point, and get to see my parents again. Of course. Yeah. Well, what's East Coast, uh, from my little knowledge, I know that the East Coast is just far known for its public transport. So specifically in Virginia and the area that you're at, is mm-hmm. public transportation, is that the main uh, way of getting around or is it still by car? Uh, obviously with California, you need a car. So what's that right. adjustment and con- um, comparison like? The area that I was in in Virginia Beach, it, it was about the same. Everyone I knew drove a car, um, you know, like you can have like a bike to bike around, but it's, it's pretty much kind of similar to San Diego. Like, you know, none of my friends and I, we didn't bike to each other's places. We, we just drove, even though like one of my best friends was like five blocks away. Like I was not walking. (laughs) I was going to drive. Yeah. Um, So, you know, things like that. We had, we had bus, you know, like bus transportation, but again, it wasn't something that was just heavily recommended or just, you know, it, it just wasn't the way I grew up going around the area. Everything was just by car. Um, and that's where I was, but you know, like from going to Northern Virginia a lot, they have a Metro that will take you like right into DC. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to avoid that type of traffic and parking because, you know, parking can be tough and decent and stuff. Um, we would, you know, maybe just take up the Metro to go see, you know, like Wizards game or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say it's about, it's about the same, you know, just drive around. It's pretty equivalent. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so parallel parking wasn't an issue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we had parking lots. That's, okay. yeah, I miss parking lots. Yeah. If, uh, I did, I did start to get a little bit more comfortable knowing like like having to parallel park because you know moving out here like you're gonna have to do it at some point and you know it it was okay for me when I had the chance to get a car with a backup camera I that was one of the things (laughs) I had to have so you still don't know you still don't know know that's that's, that's cheating we don't count that (laughs) (laughs) I can I can parallel park going to my right side yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets I'm a, still a, working on the left. <laughs> well, you only get that experience on the one-way road, so I'll give you, I'll give you a pass on that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, going back to home, though, I know yeah. you, obviously, before you came to, to California, you knew how expensive it was, and you mm-hmm. wanted to prepare yourself for that. So you finished school on the East I Coast. Did. If you can just talk a little bit or you know, just give us everything about your undergrad experience and what that was like, and just let for the viewers and whoever's tuning in right now who doesn't know, um, just let them know where you went and sure. everything you did and got involved in how that ultimately led to your career now. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, just to start off, I miss college so much. <laughs> it, it was great. Anyone who's in college, I would say stay in college and yeah. write it out and enjoy it. Cause you know, when, when you become more of an adult and have those responsibilities, like, you know, it, it gets more challenging, but you know, yeah. that's life. Things, things are going to change and you just, you roll with it. Um, my undergrad experience, I, I went to two colleges. Um, the first one I went to was VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, I went there as an, a general, um, like uh, undergrad path. I didn't know what I wanted to do then. Um, and then my second year that I was there, I switched to mechanical engineering. Mm. Um, engineering was something that actually my dad had suggested, um, based on the classes that I chose for my second year. So, you know, generally like your first year, you take the common classes and you want to hang out with your friends. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we all did the same thing. Like, I took chemistry and I took biology. I took, I took um, psychology and sociology and 
none of those classes were for me. Like those, those were a struggle for me. And, you know, anything that had to, had to do with like, um, just like, if I couldn't have a book in front of me, it was hard, (laughs) um, in terms of like taking a test and stuff. Um, you know, I wasn't, I I wasn't the smartest. I, I didn't grow up being, you know, a smart, super smart kid. You know, I struggled when it came to tests. And, you know, the, how I got through was honestly by preparing, you mm. know, like, um, just taking the time to really prepare myself. And it was, um, the second year that I had submitted an application to Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech was something that was always in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to go there when I was in high school. And, you know, I had applied when I was a senior. And I got rejected. I didn't get waitlisted. You know, I just flat out rejected. I didn't have, I didn't have good SAT scores. And I had, you know, I had a good GPA. This was like, you know, at the time when AP classes started to become a thing. Mm. I took one AP class and that it wasn't for me, you know, not, not <laughs> when I was in, when I was in high school. So yeah. Um, I had, I had a good GPA. I had, you know, an average SAT score and then, and I didn't get in. It wasn't enough. Um, and so when I applied to Virginia Tech, um, to transfer into my junior year, like I was so determined and more than ready and wanting to get into that school that I did everything I could. So, you know, if they were like, you know, here's one essay you have to write, here's an optional essay. I wrote two. Like I made sure I did everything that I could to, to, to get in. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And it it wasn't, even that wasn't the, the easiest ride for me. You know, there were challenges just getting my application over to them. Um, you know, my parents and I, we have a great relationship, but sometimes we don't always see eye to eye. And I think that's just real talk, you know, like parents and kids are just, you know, they're not always eye to eye. And, um, but, you know, I, I sent in my application. Everything was good. I got accepted. Like, oh, my gosh. Let me tell you about my acceptance letter. Yeah. I got it in the mail. And it, it's funny. I was actually talking to my dad yesterday. And he was like, yeah, I was going through my closet. And I found your Virginia Tech acceptance letter. Oh. And so it was a great reminder of how that happened. And I, I was standing in the kitchen. And I get this letter. And, you know, it was, it was a pretty big, like, letter. Mm-hmm. My dad looked at it, and he was like, you know, if it was thin, there might be more of a problem. I was like, yeah, you're right. That's how you know. That's how, That's you, know. how you know. And I, I opened it, and no joke, like, the first line was like, congratulations. Like, I screamed. <laughs> I screamed in the kitchen. And for someone who has a soft voice, like, yeah, yeah. my deal. screams, they're dangerous. <laughs> um but yeah, I screamed and my dad was in the kitchen and he just like dropped the dishes and he was like this. And it was great. Like I was just crying and he was crying because you know, we both knew how bad I wanted to go. And I did. I got in and um, when, I, when I did get in and I found out it was maybe a couple weeks later was... Um, when, you know, everyone found out about the unfortunate event of um, April 16th. Yeah. yeah. April 16th, 2007. Um, was that long ago already. Wow. It was that long ago. Um, yeah. Was when the shooting happened at um, Virginia Tech. And, you know, I, I don't have much to say about it because, you know, I, I wasn't there. It wasn't an event that I feel like I can really speak much of because I wasn't there. I didn't live through that. Um, But, you know, regardless of if you were there or not, doesn't change how you feel about what was going on during that time. Absolutely. And, you know, I had friends there. Um, I'm thankful that none of my friends that I knew were involved in what happened. but anytime there's an event like that is scary. And the unfortunate thing is these things still happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully one day it, it won't anymore. Um, but, you know, that 
that did make me rethink about going to tech. And I'm still glad that I did go. You know, when, when that happened, I talked to my parents about it. And, you know, they're pretty, like, protective and wanting the best for me because, you know, even when I moved out here, they, they pushed me. They're like, if you don't do it, you're not going to know. You should do it. It was the same thing with tech. And when I went there and they talked to me about it and they're like, no, it, it affected them too. It affected, you know, so many people in Virginia. Yeah. Um, but they, they specifically said like, you know, if you don't go, that's going to be an opportunity that you won't get back. Mm. And they were right. So, you know, parents are right. They just are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I still went, I, I accepted it and I, I went to tech for the next three years and I'm so glad I did. I love Virginia Tech. VC is great, um, but something about Virginia Tech, I don't know what it is. It's that hokey spirit. There is something up in those mountains where it's like, well, it was your dream. It's beautiful. You, you talked about it. it was a school that you, you thought about in college. And so I think that's just something that, that can't be superseded by anything else. If you want it and that's the dream, you're going to do Always. everything. So Always. that's amazing that you stuck through that, even despite that tragedy and that's literally the time that you're transferring in so I can't imagine technically being freshman like in terms of like being that first year at that campus that has got to be um I don't know how you went through that but I'm so glad that your parents encouraged you and really emphasized how big of an opportunity you had in front of you and I'm glad that you took it because oh me too yeah and were you still doing mecha- mechanical engineering um, when you went into tech, or did you no, make a switch, actually, or what happened? There? I did. Um, it, yeah, no. So um, I feel like I'm just jumping back and forth. But um, originally in high school, I wanted to be an architect, mm-hmm. and so I think that was part of the reason why I probably didn't get in to Virginia Tech um, when I applied as a senior is because I applied for architecture. Their architecture program is amazing. And, you know, it's very competitive to get into. Um, so when, when I applied to transfer, because I was in engineering, it was more, it was easier to stay in the same track. Um, so, you know, I realized mechanical engineering wasn't my thing. I don't know cars. Someone in one of my classes was like, if you don't understand cars, you shouldn't be mechanical engineering. I was like, oh, got it. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I switched to civil. At that time, I was told um, by a company that I was looking into, they were like, you know, they, they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, civil engineers deal more with like the, the structure, the foundation, you know, everything that's underneath, around part of that building. And, mm. you know, um, architects get to do a lot more of the, the design from like the aesthetic side and stuff. Um, you know, I, I understand that. Um, so I, I still stuck with civil engineering. Um, I applied and I got to do civil engineering for the next three years that I was there. Um, when I, when I did get in and I, I met for orientation, I did talk to, um, one of the counselors and I was like, I'd like to switch my major into architecture (laughs) just because why not? It was still in the back of my head. And honestly, it was in the back of my head for like the next 10 years, wow. even, even after um, going to tech. But, you know, that, that we'll circle back to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, they still wouldn't let me in architecture. So I stuck with engineering. I stuck it out. Um, and I graduated finally three wow. years later. Yeah, um, it was August. I got to walk that May. Um, But I had a class that I took three times just to graduate. And it was, it wasn't like one of those, um, oh my gosh, it feels so long since I've been in school, actually 10 years, Um, an elective. It was an elective. That's what it was. Just, just an elective. And um, yeah, it took three times just to pass and graduate. Well, the point is you've got it done. And um, that's that's, true. I mean, I'm just interested to know, like, 
for you specifically, what stood out to me is just being a woman and being an engineer in general. I know you're definitely the minority in that sense. So maybe just shedding yeah. light and sharing with our, you know, whoever's tuning in in terms of what the classroom atmosphere was like. Maybe what did you feel in terms of that relationship with your professors? Like, I feel like it's in a male dominant um, profession. I can't imagine right. like just some of the things that you've experienced, especially during undergrad when we're still 19, 20, 21 and, you know, pretty much still pretty stupid right <laughs> that kind of stuff so just just shed a light yeah I my classes they you know I, I took a lot of different kinds um I was I don't know how many females were in civil engineering in my year I honestly don't know but I definitely know for sure there was males all around me you know mm-hmm. in class most of my teachers were male also mm-hmm. um my professors didn't treat me any different. I was looked at, I, not even a male, I was looked at as a student, just like my peers were around me. You know, they treated everyone equally. It was great. You know, there, there was no differentiation. Um, my classmates, most, you know, they were all mainly male, um, but it was fine. You know, I, I actually didn't build a strong relationship with any of my peers and you know, I, I think that's something that is important that I did wish I did um, was to develop more of a relationship with those people. I was mm. so into having a connection with my friends who were in dance because, you know, we're, we're on the same dance group. Yeah. And when you have that common interest, it just, it just brings you together in, in a way that, it, I don't know, it just makes you family. Yeah. And to me, like, you know, having my classmates to be as that was more of like, this is business. Mm-hmm. This is my family, you know? Yeah. And so um, I didn't, I didn't get to know a lot of people um, back then, but I, I definitely think, you know, STEM is something that is important even now. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I hear or meet someone that's a female that, you know, is in, engineering or planning or architecture like I just get so excited because it it is hard to come by like you don't meet a lot of female engineers and I think it's definitely something that's growing yes in the industry now which I think is great like you know take that chance like it's important you know we're gonna engineering is huge technology Mm -hmm. is huge and you know it just it's rewarding you know you know unfortunately like you still you still come across people who you know see you as being a female Mm. and not treating you as an equal and you know I've come across things like that sometimes and it's definitely not comfortable um and it is unfortunate that's that those things still go on today and that females still have to experience that but you know just like anything it helps you grow and it makes you stronger absolutely you know? yeah so yeah stem stem is huge like mm-hmm. i i did go through something when i spent years just you know even considering getting out of engineering um <laughs> because i never felt like it was for me yeah. but um i'm glad i stuck with it it's rewarding it's very rewarding well, that's, yeah. incre- that's incredible how you, I feel like it's such a pivotal moment in your career in terms of like really like getting into it in undergrad, how you had that support and didn't really face as much as maybe one would expect mm-hmm. um, just, you know, for being female in a male dominated uh, career. I think it's incredible how you were able to have that support. And not only that, but find a balance of a completely opposite um, space in dance and I know that you, for sure I know that you danced a lot on the east coast and you still took those talents and experiences when you came over to California so just kind of I did sharing about those dance experiences and how that kind of how that balanced out what you were focusing and majoring in, in college but also like what that right. taught you in life that's still applicable applicable today yeah no dance dance has been with me since I started dancing when I was maybe eight I did hula dancing Um, then I, I didn't dance for a while and then I just, I wanted to learn hip hop and then, um, I took one class and it didn't feel like it was for me. 
this was maybe when I was 12. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't the hip hop that I saw in like movies. It was studio mm. hip hop. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think there's some type of difference. I don't know it all too well. There's a lot I, of difference. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. You can validate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I, I got into uh, more of like technical dancing in high school. And then I did hip hop dancing in college. And even after that, you know, into my career, I was still dancing. I danced through college. I've danced through, you know, my career having jobs. I, you know, it's like, it's like being a full-time student and then going to dance practice late at night. Same thing that I have been doing and I've been doing now. I, I work full-time and then I go to practice late at night. And, you know, it is, it is draining. It does take a lot out on you, um, but you kind of learn to work with it. You lose sleep, but I guess you can make it up over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it does, it's finding that mindset to keep you focused on both things and knowing why you're doing each one. Mm. Um, because no matter what you do, obviously you've gone, you're going to want to put your hundred percent. You don't want to just, you know, half something and mm. not commit to it. Um, you know, same thing with like, with school, same thing with dance, you know, finding, finding that balance and working with it. My grades in college, I hate to admit, they weren't that good. Um, I, I was so heavily reliant on dance because it moved me in a way that school didn't. And I, I still feel like, you know, I'm still part of dance and still dancing, you know, maybe for different reasons now than I was when I was younger. Um, but it's still there for me in ways that other things in life aren't, I guess. Um, it helps. It helps for sure. Just let me focus on me and and my movement and just me as a person. And then, you know, when I get back to my job, you know, I'm like super focused on that the whole time. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it's just finding that right balance, um, of maintaining your focus on these different things and just moving forward with it. You know, at some point, you know, maybe, maybe you might have to stop one thing, whether it's a dance or a hobby, because, you know, you just need to spend more time focusing on one thing, or maybe it's just too overwhelming because, life happens yeah and it happens <laughs> and and it's i think you know having your career is always good but you're gonna need something to to just help keep you busy on your own something to help keep you focused whether you know it, it's a hobby it's dance it's something it just helps you work on you yeah personally growing you know your job helps you grow personally it helps you grow professionally um but you know, hobbies, hobbies are important for sure. Um, yeah. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, anytime uh, it's, I feel like for the move that you made, it could have been something on the back burner that was, I can leave this, these experiences and the skills I've gained in this particular space aside. And like you said, just focus on your career, just focus on business and what yeah. needs to be done to be established. But I think it's pretty great that you've created life where you're still able to take that experience in dance and still devote a lot of time to it and balancing that yeah. with work. And, you know. And it does work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I've had friends that, you know, the same thing happens. Life happens. A job happens. Or maybe you need to spend more time on your studies. And giving up on a hobby that you're so into is hard. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's really hard. Um, but I think, I think the thing that like I had to remind myself when I did stop dance is just like, it's going to be there for me. I may not be on a dance team, but dance is dance. It'll have my back and it'll help me. It'll help me figure things out. It'll be there when I need it, whether it's in a studio or by myself, you know, I don't like freestyling. It's not for me, but <laughs> it's, but it's there. Yeah. If I just need to let it out. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. For sure. Well, you said something really profound when you talked about um, always keeping like that hobby um, mm. around to kind of keep yeah. you, 
I mean, this isn't verbatim, but keeping you grounded and keeping you focused. And obviously with a passion like this, that burns so heavily that I can see and feel from you. And you obviously chose to go a different path. Uh, maybe just talking about yeah. a little bit of the importance of, you know, your family in terms of kind of helping influence what you were going to do with your career, obviously focusing more on stability, focusing mm. more on something that's sustainable that we know something a little more conventional, just talking about that. Right. That was actually a challenge for me um, in college, actually. My, my parents, specifically my dad, um, was not on board with me dancing at all. Mm. Um, that he, was even when you were going to college and that you was in college. Catering. So just cutting yeah. dance out completely. Okay. Yeah, cutting cutting it out completely. It was, you know, and I I think this is maybe a lot of something a lot of people can relate to is having that hobby that is distracting you from your studies, but you can't let it go. Mm. And that's something that I went through, and you know, it just I I understand. Um, I'm not a parent, so I'm not saying from a parent's perspective, but growing up and reflecting on my college experience, like I totally understand where my dad was coming from Mm -hmm. about staying focused on my studies. Because when I graduated, my grades weren't that good. I also just, you know, didn't study as much. I didn't prepare as much. Um, And so, you know, dance just was something I in someone else's eyes, I shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you graduate and you get employed, they look at your resume, they look at your experience and your grades. And if, if you know, if not all is there that they're looking for, chances are they're going to look for someone else who has all that. And it sucks. You know, I've been there. Um, but having that hobby, like, it's just so important. Um, at some point, you know, I... I still kept going. I was still dancing. And, you know, I did spend practices to like 2 a.m., like just practicing during a normal work week and then having to go to work at 8 a.m. <laughs> and, you know, obviously that wasn't something that, you know, my parents were on the same page as with me um, doing that growing up. But, you know, I felt it was important to do both. Yeah. Did it make me tired? Yeah, it did. Um, but I kept with it because I figured out how to balance it. Um, yeah, I, I can't just let it go as easily. Even if I do like, you know, I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch old shows and performances and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say like my, my, my dad was a really big influence on me, um, throughout my life as well as my mom. Um, But my dad, when it came to my job, um, my career, my career, actually, he was wanting to make sure that I would be financially stable. If it wasn't for him, I honestly would say, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't be an engineer right now. I don't know what I would be doing. Mm. Um, So, you know, I, I have him to thank for noticing that I like math Mm -hmm. and I was good at physics. Yeah. So I, I took a different path from all my friends. Um, I wish I was good at chemistry. I wish I was good at bio. It just (laughs) wasn't, it wasn't for me. I like numbers. Um, so thankfully for him, he pushed me to do engineering. You know, he couldn't push me away from dance. Um, but with engineering, you know, like I'm glad I stuck it out. It's, it's good. It's rewarding. Um, yeah, my, my dad was just, a big influence on me. His, his, his mentality was just to make sure I was financially stable throughout my whole life, you know, have a mutual fund, have an IRA, have a 401k, you know, all these like acronyms. I still don't know what they all mean. Um, (laughs) But, but, but for him, he, he is very big on financial stability. He wants to make sure that whether he is here or not, and I'm good, mm-hmm. especially moving out to California, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to budget and all that stuff, because, you know, I, I'm not living at home anymore. I have mm-hmm. my own place. Um, so, you know, he's, he's comfortable knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm good financially. Um, 
I can afford a house. It's expensive. I can't say it's easy. Um, But, you know, I'm hoping where I'm at now, I think he's proud. That's great. And I think um, it's, for those of you that are tuning in and listening and viewing this, it's important, I think Shirley just exemplified, it's important to recognize your strengths. You talked about being good at math and being good at physics and recognizing maybe where you weren't as strong and understand mm-hmm. that that's okay it's and okay using, and using those things to your advantage and making right. the most of it and then even recognizing that you still need to dance you need to dance to a certain capacity to balance out the rigorous schedule of engineering in college right. that young so i think that's something that if you are going through that currently and there isn't anything that you have to do Mm-mm. in pertains to a career i think it's like i said it's important to recognize your strengths what your interests are right. and what you're good at and right. maximizing that and making the most of it. So I, right. I absolutely love that story. Thanks. And honestly, um, you know, it's, it's good to recognize those strengths. It, it's going to take time and, you know, just a heads up because it's happened to me. Like you might not notice it right away. Mm. It might take a longer path than you expected and that's okay. If you make mistakes and you realize things aren't for you and you took the time to fail, it's, it happens. The best way that for me that I realized is if I'm going to fail, I have to do it myself so I can figure it out. Mm. You know, I, I don't want to feel like I have, like I'm blaming someone else for something that, you know, I did. If I didn't get here, like when I didn't get to tech, that was on me. I did something that wasn't enough for them, but in the end didn't matter because I did what it took to get in, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, if you're going to fail and you still want it, you'll figure it out. Whether, you know, it's the way you expected or not, like if you, you'll get there, you'll get there. And, and if your mind changes, then that's okay too. You know, you don't have to be, you know, just on it the whole time. Sometimes the things that you learn as you're on your journey take you in another direction. Mm. And that's okay because that's life. You know, you're just figuring it out like everyone else. Absolutely. And yeah, we're always going to be figuring it out. And I think now that you've come to this point, um, that's an awesome, just, I love that narrative of, everything that you've been through and that's what's gotten to this point and now just kind of kind of delving in and just kind of understanding what you're focusing on what you're doing now and ultimately you know what you have planned in the in the near future maybe so just currently are you still even doing engineering well what's going on with you currently today (laughs) i'm figuring it out Um, (laughs) i'm i'm still in engineering yes i i've it's been almost 10 years now that i've been in engineering and you know, I've had my hard times and, um, you know, I still go through things, but I'm also still learning. And I think that's, that's something as a, a definite takeaway is like, you're always learning, mm-hmm. you know, even after 10 years, like I'm still learning and I'm going to keep learning because everyone has different takeaways and different experiences. So no matter who you interact with, you're going to learn something, whether it's about them or about yourself. Um, so, you know, I'm still in engineering. Um, everything's good. I, I got married <laughs> last year. Um, you know, we bought a house a couple of years ago and wow. just living life, you know, with, with things that are going on right now. You know, obviously a lot of us are stuck at home and just, you know, um, it gives you that time to still work on yourself. Mm, and figure big. things out it, it's true yeah you know I'll find time when I'm just a couch potato and I've I'm not like a very good couch potato you know I, I like to stay busy I like to go out and do stuff and it was tough at first for me to just sit mm. and not know what to do but now that I'm sitting I finally get to learn how to relax And it's giving me the time to work on our house. Like, you know, we, we did gardening today and, um, you know, it's a good thing. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that's something that continues to grow. I hope 
I hope her vegetables start growing. You know, I, I want to start eating, you know, like herbs and fruits and vegetables that are growing out of the backyard. So, you know, I hope that that all keeps going. Um, some point, hopefully in the near future, hoping, you know, have a kid. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see where, where things go and what happens, you know, in the near future that that's what I would like to happen. I, like to start having a family um keep up with my career and you know not sure where I'll be with dance um but I know it'll be there for me when I need it so I love that and it's I I think it's really awesome and inspiring as well to know that you're still one doing engineering but two still finding time for yourself and to work on yourself or if it's for the betterment of things that you wouldn't necessarily put time aside for uh unless we were in this like you know current situation this pandemic and so to see that you're doing things around the house and you're working on yourself and you're you're a busy bee I love that because I I know I've, I've had conversation with a lot of people and I know that you know some people may be affected by the pandemic differently and you know everyone's different Oh, it's great sure. to know that you're still pushing through. You're still trying to get better and just trying to adapt because at the end of the day, uh, we have to get better from this to, right. you know, adjust to life, you know, after this pandemic. But mm-hmm. um, that's great. That makes me super happy. And to know that you're going to have a garden in the back. You're not going to probably need to go to tra- <laughs> Trader Joe's anymore. So you can just, that's the goal. You can just yeah. grow it from the back. Yeah. Um, I would just love, Shirley, if you can, just take a moment to think and think back to your 13 or 14 year old self Mm. and everything that you've learned in your career, everything you've learned from the influence of your family, the environments, the spaces that you've been in both within the classroom and outside the classroom during your Mm -hmm. undergrad, navigating through life is very, very Mm. difficult. And so you know, if you could say anything to your 13 or 14 year old self or just a 13, 14 year old or someone young out there, someone who may have lost motivation to, you know, even continue on with school because of the pandemic, what would you say to those people? Oh, you know, thinking about being 13 or 14 is just taking it way back and reminding myself of where I was. Um, cause you know, when, when you're like that age or just even now, like you don't, there's a lot of question marks, you know, with the, with the pandemic, um, even being at a young age, you know, you don't think about where you're going to be when you're, when you're 30, you're just like, man, that's old, you know, like I'm probably, that's probably what I would think is wow, 30 is old, but you know, I, I would, I would say, you know, like where your path takes you should make you proud. Like just thinking about, you know, if I'm talking to myself when I'm looking at my 13 year old self, sorry, Kevin, you're going to be me when I was 13. No problem. I would, I would just look at you and just be like, you know, you're doing great. You know, you're, you're good. You might not have it figured out. Just, things will come things will go your circle will get smaller um and that's okay and you might not have it figured out and that's okay but you'll figure it out through your journey and you know whether that's letting things go or taking in those challenges that you you have to you know things will come at you hard when you don't expect it and it happens um but it, it's learning to adapt with what's presented to you yeah. and trying to make the best of the situation. You know, I've had those hard times, you know, obviously um, like transferring to a different university or just, you know, not seeing eye to eye with my parents sometimes or, you know, like career changes, you know, just, just think that, cross your mind because you don't feel like it's good for you. You don't think it's for you anymore. Hmm. And sometimes that may be true. And sometimes that may not be the case. It could just be a bump in the road. So it's tough. 
to to just I don't know you just gotta roll with it like I like it's so vague to say that yeah but you know you just gotta roll with what's given to you and just take it for what it is learn from it take it with you on your next thing and you know it's okay and it'll be okay and you'll figure it out (laughs) i love that shirley um anything else that you might have missed or just feel like any last parting words you would like to share with uh, whoever's tuning in today um i just want to say that you know i i'm really thankful that you think um you thought of me for even wanting to do this um interview for your podcast like i am honestly really moved and i'm just hoping that you know what what you what you see is maybe what other people will see not not necessarily like in me but in what i what i have to say you know everyone has a story absolutely and you know sometimes i don't i don't think i have one so that's why like i'm i'm thankful that you you see something in me because i i honestly don't see that in myself sometimes and you know i think i think that's normal you know we we all think we're just people you know yeah. just taking things one day at a time that you know we don't have something to share and you know some like i still do feel that way but you know you think there's something and you know i'm not going to say no because you know i couldn't be helping someone else and Absolutely. i think i think it's great any way to to help someone or to give back right why not so Hopefully something I said today is some type of takeaway to at least one person, you know, one, if it's just one person, then, you know, thank you. That's all the difference in the world that we need. It is. It is. It is incredible to hear your story, Shirley, moving from the East coast to the West coast. um, Not trying not once, but twice and getting into the dream school and combating the uncertainty of that tragedy and kind of the friction with your parents of feeling that dance maybe wasn't enough for you and that you just Mm. need to focus on school and then also not just that but then taking that taking everything that you gained from that undergrad and still moving across the country and making a life um a great one for yourself and like i said being a woman is already and i don't know personally but Personally, growing up in an all-woman household, I have such a profound respect for women. And so Mm. to me, for you to be a woman and being the minority in just another sense in your career and and daily work is just, uh, it's amazing to me. And so you have a rich narrative and I know that there's got to be someone out there that's going to take something from this. And, you know, this is just another story to use as inspiration and motivation for you guys to continue pushing through, um, continue pushing through this crazy thing that we call life. And so mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you again, Shirley, for coming on and giving yeah. us your time and being transparent and sharing with us. Thank um, you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, for the Of Like Minds podcast episode for you guys, Shirley Reppert. Thank you so much, Shirley. And then hopefully we'll have you thank back you. on sometime. We'll do a checkup. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, you know what? This, I'm here. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> All right, Anything. Shirley. We'll catch you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.